Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory, Glory to you, you, Lord Christ. And after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get even a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Do you ever have one of those days when all the tasks just come crashing in? When the to-do list simply dwarfs the to-da list? When your head spins at all the urgent demands that are coming your way? I'm guessing that Philip probably felt some of that as he looked at the gathering crowd, and Jesus turned to him and said, How are we going to feed all these people? And if I read myself into Philip's shoes, what I hear is, How are you, how are you, Rob, going to feed these people? And then John records this little insight into the story. Jesus asked this to test Philip, because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. What an interesting picture. We catch a glimpse of the playfulness of Jesus. We also see the way that Jesus is making disciples. As I look back to the great mentors in my life, whether mentors in leadership, in ministry, in medicine, each of them invited me into the decision process. By experience, they knew the right answer. They knew what they were going to do, but they asked me what I would do. Not because they needed my advice, but because I needed to commit to a plan for my learning. And if we ask, so did Philip pass the test? We missed the point. This is not a right answer, wrong answer kind of test. 
This is a what will you learn from your answer, how will you grow kind of test. In our own faith journey, we have a tendency to focus so much on what is happening to us that we miss what God is doing through us. So, how can we grow and what can we learn as we look at the responses of Philip and Andrew and Jesus to the crowd that has gathered? Let us begin with Philip. Philip sees the crowd gathering and he invites us to lament. The beautiful, faithful practice of lament that we find in at least a third of the Psalms teaches us to look at our circumstances and name the ways that things are not right, the way that the world around us is broken and distant from the shalom of God. Lament then calls us to recognize our own powerlessness to fix anything. And we turn to God and pray that he will do what only he can do. And then we wait. And in our waiting, we encounter what God is doing. We encounter the loving kindness and the sovereignty of God, even in the midst of our chaos. And we respond in praise. In this conversation between Jesus and Philip, we see the first two movements of lament played out. The recognition that things are not right. How will we feed all these people? And the realization that our own human efforts are insufficient. Not even a year's worth of wages would be sufficient to buy even a tiny amount of bread for everyone. We then see the way that God acts, in the way that only God can act in the miraculous feeding of all the people, 5,000 families with a few loaves and a couple of fish. So, when the world crashes in around us, and we're overwhelmed by the multitude and magnitude of the circumstances before us, Philip invites us to lament, to notice and name the way that things are not right, to realize our own powerlessness to fix things, to call upon God to do what only God can do, and to wait, and in our waiting encounter the love and sovereignty of God. And we respond in praise. Like Philip, Andrew invites us into a faithful response to the chaos of the world. He invites us to see God in the present moment. See, Andrew is the one to notice the gift that God has provided. A young boy that has offered his lunch. Five small loaves of barley and two dried fish. It may seem woefully insufficient to human eyes, but when the gift of God is offered back to God in the service of God, miraculous things happen. This is the beautiful lesson in Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we read today. Grace, working through faith, makes us into something new, into the workmanship of Christ, healed, redeemed, and remade. Grace given to us that we may offer that grace back to God in the service of God and walk in the good works that God has already prepared for us. In our daily walk, there are several ways that we can accept this invitation to see God in the present moment. One of my mentors 
would interrupt a heated group discussion by simply saying, let us remember that we are in the presence of a holy God. I find this practice to be extremely useful, even when that heated discussion is contained within my own head. Albert Haas describes the practice of noticing God in the present moment in the terms we all learned as children crossing the street. Stop, look, listen, go. Stop worrying about all the possibilities and tasks and turn your attention to the presence of God. Look at what is before you. Where are the graces and gifts of God, even as insignificant as they may seem? Listen for the still, small voice. What is God calling you to do? What is the unmet need or the required duty? How is God calling us to offer back his gift? Then finally, to go and do the work that God has prepared for you in this moment. Another way we might accept that invitation to encounter God in the present moment is to simply ask, what is the most loving thing that I can do? How can I love God? How can I love those around me? How can I love myself in this moment? We may find that we're called to love in offering ourselves, in offering all that we have, even our lunch. We may find that we're called to love by receiving what others have to give to us. We may find that we're called to pray or called to rest. Any of these and more may be the way that we are called to love in a given moment. Whether spoken by or about St. Teresa of Calcutta, there is great wisdom in knowing that we are not called to do great things, but rather we are called to do small things with great love. Philip invites us to respond to the overwhelming chaos and circumstances of our lives with lament. Andrew invites us to respond by recognizing the presence of God in the present moment. And now Jesus invites us to live in the Eucharistic mystery. Jesus takes the loaves and the fish. He offers thanksgiving. He breaks the bread and gives it to those who are gathered. Taken, blessed, broken, given. The great Eucharistic pattern. Jesus will offer even himself to be taken, blessed, broken, and given for the life of the world. And Jesus still offers the church, the body of Christ, to be taken out of death into life, called together and gathered as one to be blessed and broken and given for the life of the world. Just as the five loaves and two fish were enough and even more than enough, Jesus is enough and more than enough to nourish and sustain us as we celebrate the Eucharist. And the church, as insufficient and ineffective as it may seem at times, is enough and more than enough as we live in the Eucharistic mystery, as we are taken, blessed, broken, and given to bring hope and healing, light and life into a desperate world around us. And so today, as we depart from that hill on the shores of Galilee and return to the large crowds of needs and worries and tasks that press upon us, 
let us remember the invitations of Philip, Andrew, and Jesus. Let us welcome lament into our prayer life. Let us turn our attention to the presence of God in the present moment. And let us live in the great Eucharistic mystery as we are taken, blessed, broken, and given in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.